Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will repay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. And they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. My friends, we sure make a mess of things when somebody sins against us. That is to say, instead of looking towards forgiveness, well, we typically go the way of revenge. Here is how it works with each and every one of us. Somebody sins against us, what the specific sin is and the circumstances are really do not matter at this point. What matters is that somebody has wronged us. And so what happens after we have been sinned against is that we immediately magnify their offense. We make their sin big. No, actually, we make their sin very big. While at the same time, downplaying our own faults and our own sins. We actually become very self-righteous in thinking that we would, get this, we would never do to others what has just been done to us. And we make sure to let everyone else around us know that. And so after 
we have been wronged, we hold on to the other person's sin in our mind. We hold on to it so that we can analyze their sin from every angle and understand the circumstances for the purpose of determining a fair price for their sin. In other words, they sinned against us, which means that they now owe us a payment to make up for their sin against us. The exact amount of the payment or the way that they can pay for the sins is usually determined, it is usually determined in our mind after we've had time to mull it over. If we think it is a big sin, well, then their payment will be significant to us. If it is a small sin, we may perhaps take a lower payment, or if we're in a very good mood, we may waive the fee altogether. The point being, they have offended us and must do or say something to pay it off so that we can let go of the offense in our mind. And if they don't pay, well, if they don't pay, well, we laugh in our mind with glee because that means that we now, in our minds, have the right to take revenge on them for their sins. They have sinned against us, and they won't pay the payment. So now we are free to enact a penalty on them. After all, they have it coming. You see, in our minds, the scales must always be balanced. By sinning against us, the other person has unbalanced the scales of justice. And to balance the scales, they must give something back to us to make things right. Or we must take something from them to balance the scales. And so going this way of thinking, we become fixated. We become fixated on keeping track of everyone who sins against us. You see, in our mind, we actually catalog all the people, yes, all the people who have sinned against us along with that price tag of that payment of what they owe us to make things right. If a person makes their payment, they may earn back our good graces again. If they don't make that payment, well, then here's what happens. We will be gracious by not seeking revenge on them right away, but by giving them the cold shoulder or perhaps, or perhaps talking behind their back in order to send an indirect message to them that they must pay up. And if they don't pick up on the cold shoulder and are talking behind their back, well, then we go down that road to make a plan to penalize them for not paying. The plan, it, well, it may hurt them and their reputation, but, you know, my friends, we have no other choice but to penalize them because justice must be had. Somebody must uphold righteousness. Somebody must stand up to them, and it must be us. Now, I don't have to tell you that living a life of revenge, as I have been sharing, is not only sinful, but it is toxic. You see, dear friends, living a life of revenge demands that you are always on the lookout for those who sin against you. You see, instead of love covering a multitude of sins, vengeance seeks out. It seeks out and it looks for every possible offense it can find against you. Instead of putting the best construction on a situation or a person, this life of vengeance seeks out every possible way to get dirt on other people and then to be in a huff, to be offended. 
And when this happens, well, my friends, take note of this. Grace has no place within you. It has no place within you, and you end up giving yourself into bitterness and a toxic self-righteousness that, my friends, will lead you straight to the pits of hell. Mark that. This is why we pray in the fifth petition that the Lord would forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Furthermore, this is precisely what we are learning and hearing from today's reading in the Gospel of Matthew. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear about a parable, yes, a story of a servant who was forgiven, get this, over $7 billion, 10,000 talents, $7 billion in debt by his master. And yet this very same servant would not forgive another fellow servant for a mere 12000 bucks in debt. In other words, the servant was forgiven an astronomical amount of money by his master, $7 billion, but was unwilling, yes, he was unwilling to forgive another servant for a very small debt. This is why the master called out to the servant, and he called him out as being wicked, You see, he was not only called out for having a wicked heart, but he was called out for being actively evil and hurtful and diseased and ethically blind. There's a tremendous inconsistency in his heart. You see, he he gladly received from that gracious master that forgiveness of debt. And then he ruthlessly took from his fellow slave, which is pure wickedness. Frankly stated, When you and I go the way of revenge and vengeance and unforgiveness, we are not only acting just like that unforgiving servant, but we're exemplifying the same wickedness in our hearts. You see, dear friends, keeping a record of everyone else's sin in one hand while receiving the body and blood of Christ in the other hand is not only downright inconsistent, but it reveals And it reveals an evil of our sinful nature. You see, there's an inconsistency of holding on to grudges in one hand and holding on to the forgiveness of sins in Christ in the other hand. It is absolutely downright inconsistent and it shows the corruption of our hearts. So what must we do? Well, the answer is this, is that we must forgive one another But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we must take a moment and understand that great harm has been done to Christ's church when forgiveness is confused with things that are actually not forgiveness, or when forgiveness is confused with things that it is not. For example, forgiveness is not the same thing as friendship. You see, when you forgive a person, you are letting go of revenge and the need to Get them back or make them pay off their debt to you, that debt of sin. You're letting go of the need to get even through penalties. And this forgiveness may or may not lead to a great friendship. If you become great friends through forgiveness, God be praised. If you do not become best friends, God be praised that you both have forgiven each other and are forgiven in Christ. Forgiveness is also not about forgetting. You see, when God forgives, he forgets. Indeed, when God forgives, he forgets. However, when we forgive, we are letting go of revenge. 
What this means is that there will be times where forgiveness indeed does lead to forgetfulness and other times that it does not and it should not. Case in point, a person by God's grace can forgive someone who sexually abused them as a child but probably should not let that same person babysit their child. You see, you can forgive someone and still have wise boundaries. Yes, to have wise boundaries against the tactics of their old Adam. You see, we need to remember that Jesus called his disciples to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. He called the disciples to be upright and without bitterness, yet at the exact same time to be diligently aware and remembering the pitfalls of life under the sun Remembering the old Adam, the devil, and the world that we find ourselves among. Forgiveness also does not mean that a person should be automatically free from the consequences of the state. You can forgive a person and they may or may not still face charges by the state, by the laws of the land. And finally, forgiveness is also not brushing something under the carpet as if it never happened. Forgiveness is exactly the opposite. You only forgive where there is sin. If there is no sin, no forgiveness is required. Now, baptized saints, take a moment and think about everything that we have covered thus far. Now, think about forgiveness in the following manner. You see, your sins have made justice unbalanced. Your sins demand a payment before God Almighty. And God, in his wrath, Get this, he would be completely justified to smite you and me because of our sin. But Christ, Christ, who is rich in mercy and abounding in love, yes, abounding in love, while he balanced the scales, he made a payment with his own blood. Not with gold or silver, but with his pure and precious blood. He made a payment to satisfy the wrath of God for you completely through his death again, through his death and resurrection, which means, get this, that you are completely forgiven. Completely. And forgiveness, keep in mind, it is God letting go of vengeance towards you. Forgiveness is God erasing your debt Forgiveness is God letting go of your penalty. Forgiveness is God loosening the demand. God is forgiving you in Christ. And forgiveness simply means this. It is equal to this word, freedom. Freedom in Christ. And this is what you indeed have in Christ is freedom. Christ has freed you from the vengeance of God. Christ has freed you from the debt of your sins and the demands of the law. And in Christ, this is what you get to deliver. Get this. This is what you get to deliver to one another. To those who have sinned against you. You get to deliver forgiveness and freedom to them because of Christ. The man in the parable from today was forgiven seven billion dollars in debt which showed that there was no limit to the forgiveness that he could give to other people's small debt indeed my friends there is more forgiveness of sins in jesus christ than you and your neighbors have sin there is no sin that you and your neighbor have committed that is so deep that it escapes the blood of mount calvary The blood of Mount Calvary is that payment that atones 
for every single one of your sins and your neighbors in thought, word, and deed from the past and the present and the future. And so you have been forgiven all of your sins in Christ Jesus so that you can forgive one another, not out of compulsion, but out of the sheer love and forgiveness given to you first. Only forgiven people can forgive. Only loved people can love. And you have been forgiven, and you are loved. And so you forgive because there is more grace in Christ than there are sins in you, and especially your neighbor. Forgiveness for you. Forgiveness for your neighbor. All because of Christ. In the name of Jesus and his forgiveness. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.